when the Viper strikes. Redirect Jalen Tolliver, a run straight ahead. Temple paying off for Tampa Bay, and a surge into the end zone. Touchdown, Jaquez Patrick from eight yards out. Pressure coming again, safety blitz, a lob to the middle of the field, and DeAndre Goolsby with the touchdown for Tampa Bay. Daniel Williams trying to make people miss, reverses field, and he sprints through everybody. Daniel Williams looking for a block. What an amazing run into D.C. territory. The East St. Louis product picks up 38. Cornelius will take off with it. To the five, to the goal line. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. What's going on, football fans? This is the XFL Show, and this is a game recap of the Tampa Bay Vipers' first ever XFL victory, 25-0 to zero, over the D.C. Defenders. This is Bryant. This is the world's number one Jerry Glanville cosplayer, Alan. Alan, I, I, we need to talk because I feel like you should get benched. It's just how I feel right now. I no, like you're not. You're doing that bit. wrong. You're supposed to go to the coaches and try to get me benched. You don't say it to my well, face. I mean, there's you really no coaches it. on this team. If you're trying to do so. it Cardell Jones style, you don't say it to my face. You. Well, I'm gonna have to head over to awkward. <laughs> Very awkward. Hey, this thing is on, right, Alan? I think that's <laughs> the, the reminder that these teams have to keep reminding themselves after every time they talk really but we'll get into that here in a little bit oh my goodness oh my goodness if you had told me that the score of this game was going to be 25 to 0 in week two alan how much money would you have put on the dc defenders um after week two uh not that much because i've been saying the tampa bay vipers are better than their record the entire time and i told you they'd win this game uh this is a, i told you so for me bryant i called it i'm proud i called it I said Tampa Bay would win. I thought it would be a lot closer, for sure. The 25 nothing was not what I called, but I did call Tampa Bay victory. D.C. again no-showed. Tampa Bay's offense just thumping with those running backs. I mean, how fun are they Are they to watch? Shaquas Patrick, Devion Smith, uh, number three and five going into this week, respectively, as in terms of rushing in the XFL and coming out of this, they both were 100-yard-plus rushers. And, I mean, just an absolute imposing-your-will performance by those two and that offensive line of the Tampa Bay Vipers. And then, uh, you know, the defense, they glanville them. Jerry Glanville was just on the money tonight wearing his cowboy boots, his NASCAR boots. He's still boots. blitzing. He's still he's blitzing right now. I hear. End of the game, still blitzing. On the three, he's still blitzing. Sending seven guys after Cardell Jones or Tyree Jackson, whoever was back there. This is just an all-around great team win. What a great way, just like L.A., a great way to get your first victory as a team. But let's see how they translate it, the Tampa Bay Vipers, going forward for D.C. Uh, they are in a similar position, I feel. Uh, I mean, almost, I would dare say almost identical to the – the dip uh, that the Guardians went through in terms of just a lull, uh, bad road losses. I mean, this seems very similar to them. Yeah, but there weren't the New York Guardians weren't as high as the DC Defenders, and the DC Defenders might be lower than the New York Guardians. Alan, if I told you that the quarterback on one team outgained yardage than the other team, that's that seems kind of common, right? Yeah, two hundred and eleven yards for Taylor Cornelius. 
What if I told you that a running back on a team out yardaged the other team? And then what if I told you that another running back gained more yards in that same game than the other team? And that's what happened, okay? The DC defenders, 107 yards. Taylor Cornelius on his own, 211 yards. Jacquez Patrick, 108 himself. And then Devion Smith, 122. Those three players individually outgained the DC defenders today. I, I, I've i never seen a football game, especially not in the XFL, where it was this one-sided, especially when you had an 0-3 team. You're right. They haven't played towards uh, their record. Their record did not really speak to what this team was all about, especially last week when they went to, you know, uh, punch for punch with the Houston Roughnecks. But, man, I, this I, – I picked the D.C. defenders to bounce back after what I saw last week. I, I don't know. I mean, this now seems like a two-horse race to me again, but with two completely different teams uh, than I thought after week one in that it's going to be the Vipers and the, the St. Louis Battlehawks. When do they play? Because that's the game I want to see next. Yeah, that's what it's all about now. If you're talking about the East, I can't wait for that, and that's coming up in week six. Um, but th- this game, what we saw to the D.C. defenders, I thought was more of Cardell Jones, I think, fighting through uh, some just poor play, a bad stretch of play. At least he didn't turn the ball over too much in this one. He did throw one up for grabs. He didn't have it long enough, Alan. Yeah, he barely <laughs> had the ball at all in this 22, game. 22 uh, dropbacks, yeah. and that's really uh, – 22 attempts, excuse me. Uh, I think they they ran eight plays he missed halfway through the second quarter. Wide open guys down the field. He missed on them. I mean, he had he had some opportunities to make some splash plays in this game, but yeah, two for ten on third. They just, I mean, Vipers weren't great on third down either. But I mean, the defenders were just feeble against the run and just huge. Play. I mean, that Dan Williams catch and then run all over the field. The D.C. defense just looked absolutely meek, feeble. I mean, unable to catch, tackle, bring down a wide receiver, Bryant, and then let alone the two big old running backs the Vipers throw out there. The D.C. defense, their their defensive line, I don't know, they looked like they, they played small. Their linebackers couldn't tackle. They just looked awful. And then Taylor Cornelius is breaking tackles. You got problems. Oh, well, Taylor Cornelius thumped his way all the way around that field. Let's go over some of his stats here. Uh, 24 for 31, a 77% completion percentage. I mentioned the 211 yards, uh, the one touchdown, the one interception, but also on the ground, uh, 36 yards, and, and that touchdown. A pretty good game. And also, hey, newsflash, uh, Vipers only played one quarterback. Doesn't really happen that often for them, but it happened uh, today. And look at that. They got the W. I can't wait to ask Coach about that and how he feels uh, going in uh, to, to to week five. But t- Taylor Cornelius looked good. Aaron Murray was ready to play. He didn't play a down. Uh, so, you know, the Vipers are, are moving in the right direction. In contrast, Cardell Jones, 9 for 22, 72 yards, an interception. Just really, you know, he got sacked once. It was a big sack, too, if I remember correctly. I mean, these def- there's not much more we can say about these DC defenders other than they didn't show up on both sides of the football. And right now they're dying to go back home because it's where they won. Uh, but then they welcome in the St. Louis Battlehawks. So ugh, I don't know what's going to happen there. Uh, but this is a team that needs answers desperately, like the Guardians did uh, the coming into this week. 
Yeah, I'm going to be interested to see what Pep Hamilton does to maybe simplify things for Cardell Jones and his receivers because they obviously aren't communicating right. So maybe they'll go to some just more RPO read and, and react type plays, quick one shot, not you know throwing a bunch of guys out there running routes, making Cardell choose or think too much. Um, yeah, he has to do something for them. But defensively, I'm telling you, I think when you see – an offense go out there and impose their will like that. That is the real issue here. I eventually think DC's offense will break through again and they'll start, you know, scoring a, a few points. That defense has problems. You do you cannot you cannot you cannot hide what what the Vipers did to them today. The Vipers show that this is a, a defense if you just try to impose your will, you're going to break through. They they I don't know. I don't know what their issue is. I think I think their issue is the personnel, really. I think if Seattle in week 1 would have done what Tampa did today and commit to the run, might have won that game. Run the ball, Zord, but they didn't. Tampa Bay committed to the run. It was beautiful to watch. And I just think DC's unfortunate uh, team name, the Defenders, uh, might not apply the rest of the season because if teams pick up on what Tampa Bay put down today and and just try that, I think it's going to work a whole lot. St. Louis is very much that kind of team going into Week Five. Oh my goodness, I just can't imagine what Jordan Tamu, Matt Jones, and Kristen Michael are going to do to them on the ground next week. It it's not going to be pretty, Brian. Even at home for DC. I just feel like they got exposed today against the run. Well, they got exposed last week on the pass when he came against the Wildcats. Remember, the Wildcats didn't have too many rushing yards last week. I'd have to go back and look at the numbers. But D.C.'s defense is struggling. We talked about how defense has kind of given – it's not given, but gotten some points for this team. Uh, they had uh, pick sixes in both the first games of the season, and, and now it just seems like a completely different defense. The offense isn't as – uh, succinct as they were you're right maybe you know uh, pep hamilton has to simplify things for this but at the same time credit where credit is due i mean the dc defenders had six first downs the entire game six that's not something to be proud of they had one drive that went over six plays and they had one two three four three and outs i mean the dc defenders have a whirlwind of problems the vipers finally broke through they did what they had to do, and then some to win this game. Uh, I'm still three for five in the red zone. Hey, that's great for them. Finally getting into that red zone, uh, into that end zone when they're in the red zone is a huge accomplishment for this team because we we noticed or we noted uh, those struggles throughout the season so far. Yeah, Tampa Bay, I, I think they saved their season today. They really saved their season today too. We have to acknowledge that now with this one win – they are, you know, you know, in a in a decent spot now. They're not too far of a hole now. When you're talking about keeping up in the East, if DC's on the decline, New York got back on the right track this week. You're still in last place, but I think Tampa Bay is very much set up to compete uh, this week. They, like you said, they're going to be on the road, going cross country. XFL teams going cross country haven't fared well, but they're going to LA. They could pick that one up. You you call it setting up for a St. Louis Tampa Bay game that could be very interesting in Week Six. DC having to get back on track this week against St. Louis not going to be easy. I also want to credit Tampa Bay's uh, shutout, not just the Jerry Glanville who called a great game, but the return of Obum Guachem, the defensive end, was out there played with the Saints in the NFL, and he was all over the place. Uh, he had a sack in this game. He was a force to be reckoned with. 
uh, Nikita Whitlock, who is the only defensive lineman I've noticed is actually on a kickoff team and kick return team too. <laughs> he is, oh my God, what a fun player to watch. This, what was he a 5'11", 260 pound nose tackle. And then also you saw DC was having issues with Jason Neal on the edge. Uh, the the UT San Antonio product, uh, he was also wreaking havoc. So that defensive line for Tampa Bay really stepped up. Bobby Richardson, too, throw him in there. I mean, this was a total team effort. They they really played great, and I love watching Jerry Glanville coach this team up. If if they really, you know, now that they have their, their personnel out there with Guachem back out, back and, and you know, they, they, they have a shot, I think, at really becoming one of the most – scarier defenses just knowing what a what a crazy man jerry glanville could be at times sending guys after a quarterback um i i i can't i'm i'm just so happy that my pick for the east east champion is still alive bryant because i did pick tampa bay at the beginning of the year which i know a lot of the season i picked them to win yeah you picked them to win (laughs) i'm just happy i'm happy they're in the win column because this is a fun team to watch and like i've been saying they're not that bad and here they are now a convincing shutout victory, one and three only, still last in the East. But man, I, I wouldn't want to play them uh, if I if if they're going to be looking like this at all. If I'm any team in the XFL, well, right now with Tampa Bay's victory, every team in the XFL is either in the playoffs or one game out, and that's the beauty of it. Uh, going into Week Five, a lot of fun still to be had in this season, Allen. I just want to bring up one more stat if I can. Uh, the furthest, the furthest. I think they got one. I want to say I had this number in my head. It was either one or two possessions where they went into Tampa Bay territory. Really, at no no point did they actually kind of. It's not even that they got close. Like Tampa Bay, when they had their struggles, they would get close to the red zone, not score. You know, interception right at the goal line, things like that would happen for the the Vipers. That did not happen for the defenders. A, A lot of things to be worried about like I said, on both sides of football. So it'll be interesting to see as they take on well, next week. Go ahead. Against St. Louis, yeah. But I think you could have actually just kept that real short and said, at no point in this rambling, incoherent attempt at being a football team did D.C. ever come close to even sniffing the end zone. We were all worse off for having watched them play today, and may God have mercy on their souls. Is that what you were trying to say? <laughs> A simple they did not show up would have sufficed, but we'll roll with that anyway, Alan. Uh, Next week, D.C. will be hosting the St. Louis Battlehawks. Should be a good game. I I mean, D.C.'s played well at home. They've shown signs of a great team. We've seen teams look completely different one week and completely different the next. Home cooking, maybe. Maybe just this what you need when you get back home. And then you have the Vipers, like you said, traveling all the way across country uh, to Los Angeles. A 9 p.m. Eastern game. Uh, that's going to be an interesting factor that we have to factor in when we pick our games. But that's going to be later on this week. That's going to be Thursday uh, when we uh, preview week five. Jerry Glanville goes Hollywood next week. I can't wait. <laughs> week four, uh, we're going to put a bow on that on Tuesday morning, Alan. But that's it for these recaps. It's been a lot of fun. Another great weekend of football. You got to go to a game. You watched them on the on the, on the, the good old-fashioned television, Alan. Uh, really no complaints from this week, uh, this weekend of games. Absolutely not. I mean, I was proven wrong in some regards, proven right in some regards. I was shocked by some things. We had some new stars emerge. Another fun week of XFL football. Uh, Just absolutely fascinating. Top to bottom, we had some close games. I mean, we had all one-score games except this one. 
uh, all weekend long, Brian. So that also was really cool and exciting that, uh, you know, all the games basically except this last game came down to the wire. But even still with a blowout uh, game, we had a plenty of entertainment. We got this, I mean, juicy, juicy scandal. And I'm not going to call it a scandal, but rift, scandal. rift in the D.C. Defenders. Got to see how no, okay. DeAndre Tompkins and Cardell Jones. We got to talk about that. I mean, maybe first thing on, on okay. the big show Tuesday morning. But right, I, hold I hold mean, on, a on. blowout. And it was great. Okay, yeah. D- don't answer this now because I want to save it for Tuesday. Which comment shook the locker room more? Cardell Jones or Matt McGloin at halftime from week two. Oh. I, I think that's something we got to talk about. So many poll questions. So many poll questions <laughs> to put up from week four. Well, follow us on Twitter if you want to answer some of those polls at XFL Show. Uh, we'll be here every single Tuesday morning, Thursday night on your favorite podcast feed, XFL.com and YouTube.com slash XFL, the official YouTube channel of the XFL. Well, that's it. That's a bow on Week number four, four recaps, one, two, three, four, uh, every single weekend here, recapping every game right after it ends. And that's what we did this weekend. Uh, So we'll be here next weekend doing the same thing. All right. Well, that's it for Alan. This is Bryant. This is the XFL show. Remember, they're listening.